Hello and welcome to Adventures in Venueland, an EAMC podcast. This is your all-access pass to go backstage and behind the scenes with some of the brightest minds that cross the scope of the live entertainment industry. I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. We'll introduce you to some of our favorite people as we dive deep into the world of live touring shows and the venues that host them. Hello and welcome to a detour episode of Adventures in Venueland, an EAMC podcast. I'm Dave Rettelberger and along with my co-host, Paul Hooper. Today's episode is a little bit different. It's a detour or a side trip, a mini bonus episode where we take a single serving look at a topic impacting the live entertainment industry. Paul, I'll let you introduce our guest today. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Uh, We're here with Brett Daniels, the Senior Director of Communications and Branding for College Football Playoff, who's going to tell us about the playoff and the championship and all the fun stuff that uh, has gone into that. So welcome, Brett. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Brett, you know, uh, I think for, for so many of us in this industry, we put on big events all the time. But so many of them, we know exactly who's playing and exactly what's happening, you know, months and months in advance. For you, that timeline can be a, a little tighter, and <laughs> uh, especially even with the championship. So talk to us about your role and then the challenges of putting on a, a quick turnaround event like that. Yeah, you're right. It is a little bit of unusual circumstances with the college football playoff. We we start out with 131 teams there in August and uh, kind of narrow it down to four early in December. Uh, so we're able to work with those four schools, knowing that two of them will advance. Um, so we have about uh, a week to 10 days, usually between the semifinals and the championship to, to get it all pulled together, but certainly spend the month of December working with all four of the institutions so that they're ready uh, should they advance. My role in particular, I oversee the communications, branding, kind of all that outward facing uh, parts of the uh, operations. So the decor at the stadium, decor around the city, our advertising and promotions for our events uh, that go on during the championship weekend that aren't necessarily associated with the game itself. You know, we're kind of in an unusual situation is that we're not really as a lot of events are out there trying to sell tickets. You know, promoters are trying to get people to buy tickets to concerts and so forth. We don't really have uh, an issue pushing our tickets. Um, those go, you know, large blocks of those go straight to the schools. They have a you know sure. ready and willing fan base that's ready to dive in. So a lot of our communication and promotion around the event is around the ancillary things that are going on in the city Friday, Saturday and Sunday and even Monday morning leading up to our game. I have to ask, you said you're kind of over different signage and in venue signage. Since you do have that tight turnaround from the playoffs to the actual championship game, is that a matter of, you know, making the signage to cover all four teams so you just have it no matter what? Or are you all kind of like, okay, we're waiting, and as soon as we see that last game decided, run, 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 you know, run these ads, do this, use this signage, you know, uh, how do you kind of – role with that uh, turnaround from the playoffs to the championship specifically? Sure. Well, we've got a great partner in Infinite Scale that we've worked closely with uh, for a number of years now at the college football playoff. They've done a lot of major events, Olympics. They do a lot of stuff with it, Major League Baseball, the NHL. They're very uh, well-versed in, in the process. 
what we did was you know, early on in our planning, we, you know, we designed a, a decor package for the stadium exterior and interior, uh, as well as other areas around town, built around with placeholders for school colors, school logos, school marks. Uh, once we get into December, we can turn the fabricators loose on creating all of the non-team specific pieces. So like street sure. pole banners, for example, in downtown Los Angeles, uh, you know, we produced and installed a number of those early in December that were just kind of event focused, leaving openings for the two participating teams. We get to January 1st, we know who those teams are. The creative has already been uh, in place for all four schools. We, the fabricator just hits the button and starts producing the two teams at advance. And we get those things up, you know, January 2nd, January 3rd in market there. Uh, same thing at the stadium. You know, we design packages for all four schools' locker rooms, but we only get into fabrication there game week uh, of the two teams that are advancing. Sure. And then when it gets to the installation side of that, they can begin the installation right away on Monday and, you know, finish up with the locker rooms on Thursday, Friday on the back end. There's a, a lot of moving pieces and parts. And I, I know, you know, a lot of our, our venue folks who are in town should pay attention to this, particularly is, is you may be doing something big at one of the stadiums, but you often are going to use a different facility for things like, you know, your media day. I think in uh, in L.A. You use the convention center, San Jose, uh, the, the SAP center hosted. So talk to us about how you kind of use other venues around town besides where the game's being hosted. Sure. Yeah, we had three major venues in Los Angeles and then a couple of secondary ones. Uh, the L.A. Convention Center hosted our playoff Fan Central as well as Media Day. So Fan Central opened up on Friday, was open Friday, Saturday and Sunday for fans to come down. It's kind of our interactive football theme park, as we like to call it. Um, yeah. and that took place inside the convention center. Uh, Saturday morning, Media Day took place in a separate hall there at the convention center. And then we used Bank of California Stadium on Saturday and Sunday night for our concert series, Playoff Playlist Live. Uh, so those are the venues downtown, kind of created that downtown campus around LA Live, uh, our headquarters hotel at the JW, uh, kind of that keep a core focus area in that kind of two mile footprint downtown. Then on game day, we move all of the operations out to SoFi Stadium. We did our tailgate party there in the parking lot. We hosted a number of other parties for the schools, alumni, fans. Uh, the bands came out, um, our CFP special guest groups as well. All did that hospitality out at various locations there at SoFi Stadium and, and the grounds around it. So take us back a little bit in the process. How do you guys decide, you know, because I know there's bowl games, there's institutions, plus obviously the championship. How is it determined what city you're going to for what games? Yeah. So a lot like the other major events you see, the Final Four, the Super Bowl, uh, WrestleMania now even, in fact, is in that. You know, we we put out a, a bid. We have a bid process and we work with cities. Uh, we have our specs that they go through and look at um, what, what the requirements are to host our game. And then uh, typically each city puts together a, kind of a bid committee that gets all the answers together for all the various requirements, whether it be airport logistics, team hotels, headquarters hotels, stadium, concert venues, all of those different pieces that all pull together. Clean zones is another one that's important to us as it relates to, you know, ambush marketing and so forth. And so cities kind of agree to that and put together a bid and then we evaluate those bids. Um, we went through it about a year ago 
Uh, and, and this fall, we announced that Atlanta and Miami will be hosting our games in 2025 and 2026. So worked closely with those cities, finalized their kind of their agreement and, and made those selections. So that's sort of the process to get us rolling. Uh, and then from there, you know, a lot of times those are cities that are used to hosting major events. And so they have groups and infrastructure in place to put these bids together. You know, they know how to bring a venue and local law enforcement together with convention centers, the Convention of Visitors Bureau, the hotels. You know, it's really, it's a, a true team effort in every one of these cities. Uh, and uh, most of the markets that we're going into are kind of well-versed now in that process. I think it's something unique that obviously both of these are relatively in their infancy, right? Like not many years of the, you know, the championship and the uh, playoffs have been around. So is that something that you found as you're kind of going through this process has been a benefit because it's allowed you all to kind of, uh, you know, build the ship from the ground up, if you will. Um, do you kind of treat it like, you know, did you borrow from some other ideas of other bowl games and think, okay, how do we scale this up and how do we, you know, reinvent this here? Like how, how did, you know, I guess what's your perspective on, you know, building that from a relatively, you know, new thing that, you know, didn't exist a number of years ago. Yeah, it's definitely been uh, an interesting evolution, I guess is the way to put it. And, you know, we talked yeah. about the bid and the bid process just a minute ago. And one of the things that's been difficult with that at times is as our event kind of changes and grows, you've bid it out years in advance. And so something that was in a bid spec, you know, four years ago may have changed. Uh, you know, sure. a great example of that for, for me is just the, on the advertising side, you know, in our original bid specs from a few years ago, it was all about full page advertising and print advertising in local newspapers. And there was not a single mention of digital advertising and anything. Uh, and so, you know, obviously we've evolved in, in the way we advertise and promote things now. And so we've made a, a shift uh, in that uh, and moved things from print to digital more, more so. And you see that more and more with just other areas as we try to change and grow it. I would definitely say, you know, we, we took a lead from what the Final Four and the Super Bowl have done, you know, in year one as this event was coming together uh, and, and just seeing kind of best practices for those events. But we are take ideas from anyone, you know, things that may have happened at the Golden Globes or the Academy Awards or something. Um, sure. A bowl game, the bowl experience uh, is, I think, really considerably different than what we've seen in the playoffs. Um, I think early on, yeah. you know, when the, when it started up, it was kind of a continuation of bowl games and the whole bowl philosophy. And what we've seen over the last few years in particular is that the teams coming into the semifinals and the championship are really kind of laser focused on winning that game, continuing on and winning the championship. And so they're not there for visits to theme parks and going out, you know, jet skiing, you know, they're there, you know, to kind of to win a championship. And so they're much more focused on that on their, their study, on their practices, things of that nature. And so we, we've seen a little bit of a change in that as we've moved forward from the, that bowl experience of, you know, our previous generation into what we've kind of moving into now with the, the championship run here in the college football playoffs. Brett, you know, as, as a lot of people know, uh, the uh, look of the college football playoffs is, is changing here in the very near future. Uh, a few more games in the mix Talk to us about uh, – are you are you ready? Let me ask you that one. <laughs> uh, we're not ready yet. Uh, you know, that one got finalized here in the fall, and we were in the middle of trying to pull off the game in L.A. So 
the next uh, next few months will definitely be a, a heavy focus for us on what that expanded playoff format will look like. You know, fortunately, we're still you know almost two years away uh, from that expansion. The upcoming season here in 2023 will remain a 14 playoff, and then as we roll into 2024 season, uh, we will have you know that 12 team playoff. So we've got almost two years to really kind of finalize things. And so this next six months, I think we'll spend a lot of time trying to, you know, determine how do we pull off those first round games on campus? What does the schedule look like? When are those quarterfinals played? Where does that take place? Semifinals, you know, getting the dates, you know, our challenge is always moving around, you know, January 1st, New Year's Day is always kind of the this day of for college football. I think we saw it this year with the, you know, the the incredible ratings we got on New Year's Eve for our semifinals and, and the Rose Bowl sure. and uh, Cotton Bowl games that were played on New Year's Day. That's just where everybody's focus is. And But unlike, you know, the NFL playoffs, that New Year's Day is a moving target every year on the calendar. And so nice. getting figuring out how to settle in our other games before and after that is kind of the challenge of, of building our calendar, uh, whereas the NFL knows they can play Saturdays and Sundays, boom, 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 week after week in the playoffs. Ours is a kind of that moving target. So, you know, that's something that we'll be focused on. Um, but again, going back to that first round and the campus games, that'll be our probably our biggest challenge to get things started uh, because you're talking about, you know, hosting games back on campus where you, know, you may be face graduation. You may have the students already gone for the winter break. If you're up in the Northeast, you could have some pretty severe winter weather. You know, what are all the different challenges that you, you're looking at? Um, you mentioned it to start the, the conversation here about how we really only have a week or so before we know who's in our game. Well, those first four, you know, first round games, we may only have a 12-day window between the final selections and when those campuses will be hosting games. So that turnaround mm-hmm. will be tight. You're talking about trying to move a team, charter airplanes, hotel rooms, moving the band you know, selling tickets both to the home team and the visiting team. There's just a lot of logistics that have to happen in a very short period of time there. Well, as an Ohio State Buckeye, uh, I look forward to dealing with some of those challenges, hopefully in the, <laughs> in the very near future. <laughs> hey, uh, Brett, when you, you know, when you uh, talk about we and the challenges that, you know, that that we have over the uh, next few months and putting this stuff together, who is we? How large is your staff and and kind of what is your year-round focus before you can head into the, you know, the actual games themselves? Sure. We've got a staff of about 20 full-time employees. Your basic departments, um, you know, we have a, a kind of a mark, a sales sponsorship group that puts on our public events. So the events like the concert series, the Fan Central, they do that in, in coordination with the ESPN Disney ad sales group. Uh, we've got a ticketing group. Uh, we have team operations. We have stadium operations. Um, we have then communications and branding. Uh, and then just our general administration and, you know, office manager types type roles. Our year round, you know, we really kind of dive right in. We were in L.A. last year uh, in early February for the Super Bowl for a couple of days just to see the layout, see the operations there, what the NFL was doing in the market. And then we typically go back about once a month for about three days to visit with the host committee, stadium, the local venues. We bring our contractors in for meetings as well so they can begin to get the lay of the land and coordinate all of their efforts, you know, all of those kind of things. And there's a kind of a steady cadence throughout the spring and summer as we start kind of big picture. And then as the year progresses, hone in on a much more higher level of detail. 
on how we're going to execute everything. And so by the time we get to October, November, we've got pretty much everything wrapped up and we are really trying to iron out details and, you know, solve the little problems that pop up along the way or things that may have changed over that six or eight months. Um, so that group pretty well kind of a divide and conquer on each of their various areas. Obviously there's a little bit of overlap with each, each of us in different areas, but uh, that's kind of how we go in and approach that. Hopefully you all get a little bit of downtime after the uh, championship to breathe and do a little post-mortem, but then get some time off before you jump back in the trenches. Yeah, we uh, will take a little bit of a break here this week, just kind of rest and recover, kind of roll back into the office next week and start doing some of our debriefs and, and recaps. Uh, end of the month, we'll go out to Los Angeles for a couple of days and recap with that group. Uh, we'll go up to ESPN and Bristol there for a couple of days in uh, early March to do the same thing with ESPN, kind of our partner, obviously, on the broadcast side, but also on the event side. And then just a lot of our internal ones, you know, from, I mentioned Infinite Scale. I've got a you know, handful of other vendors and contractors that we work with that are kind of become our you know workforce and all of our, our, our team game weekend since there's only three of us in my department. We've got a count on a lot of other hired hands, so to speak, to to help us yeah. pull this whole thing off and execute it. Brett, since, you know, uh, the CFP has kind of become its own thing away from the NCAA, what, you know, a lot of our venues, people listening today work with the NCAA, whether it's on, you know, uh, the, the men's basketball tournament or women's basketball tournaments or volleyball championships. So what's the difference between working with you and working with the NCAA? I would say probably not a lot, uh, to be honest, when you really get down to, you know, comparing us with the Final Four, for example. Uh, Bill Hancock, our executive director, was a former NCAA employee and, and worked, you know, Final Four for years and years there. Uh, we've got a handful of people on our staff that came from the NCAA. And so a lot of our, our meeting cadence and our schedules have really kind of evolved from what you, what they see with the Final Four schedule. Um, I think the one thing that's different for us is that we're really only putting on the one game. And so for those venues and the people that have worked with the NCAA in the past, they know with that final four, the the NCAA staff is spread awfully thin across the entire you know country as they're trying to finalize and put the details together for early round games, you know, sweet 16s and, and the different cities and venues as they move around the country over a three-week period there. Um, for us, you know, we, we count on our bowl games with our semifinals. And so while we'll have uh, three or four people in each of the cities for the semifinals, uh, we're really there just observing and helping out as needed. The bowl games themselves really kind of execute that uh, game on our behalf. And then, you know, our one game is the championship. So much more focused, uh, not spread quite as thin as the NCAA team. There's sometimes I know having been a part of a couple of those final fours, I don't know how that group uh, pulls it off with all the different <laughs> ways, all the different directions they get pulled over the course of the, you know, February, March and April there. Well, to kind of wrap things up, uh, uh, are there any, you know, any cities that you are that you're on your like your bucket list of like, hey, we'd really like to do something here. Or do you have any tips for cities that are looking to put together, you know, bids to host? Sure. Um, I mentioned we're you know next year we're in Houston and then we go to Atlanta and Miami. That'll be, uh, this is, we just finished our ninth uh, championship. So that'll get us through years 10, 11, and 12. Uh, and we're at a point here now that, you know, we've kind of been in a holding pattern with expansion. Now that we know expansion, we know kind of moving forward what our game dates are going to be looking like. We can kind of begin reaching out to some other cities and, and begin that process. You know, we're a little, I'd say, behind, uh, even as we discovered trying to do Atlanta and Miami. And, 
you really have to get out more than you know two or three years, maybe four years out is people don't realize how early some of these convention centers and hotels get booked up with long-term big time conventions that really drive a lot of money and revenues into uh, these markets, whether it be, you know, Las Vegas is a market we've talked to and looked at, but they've got a, a number of different events that are already, you know, booked into their calendars. And so having to get far enough out in advance that we can start getting into some of these cities, that's really kind of been our biggest challenge here. So now that we know expansion, hopefully we can continue to push that out. And, you know, I think we're all looking interestingly at Nashville uh, with the new stadium that uh, they're starting to talk about and, and get that up and running. I think Nashville would be a great market uh, with the right venue. Uh, we've seen what the NFL draft has done there a couple of years ago. Um, sure. Some great trade events and great things going on in Nashville. So I think that's one we'll certainly be taking a look at. Uh, and then, you know, the unique thing with our first decade here is that we went to 10 different cities. So we've already hit a lot of the major markets. Uh, you know, there aren't many out there that we haven't visited with and, and seen yet that uh, to throw into the mix. So some of it will be kind of revisiting some of our old friends and places like New Orleans and Tampa and, you know, out in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, as well as then, like I said, places like Las Vegas and Nashville. It'll be intriguing as we look ahead. Uh, any uh, plugs you want to give, uh, any uh, whether it's for uh, you or, or social media, uh, anything anything we else want to plug for you today? No, I think we're all good. We just uh, appreciate the time and chance to visit with you guys. It was a, a great, uh, great weekend in Los Angeles. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the game didn't keep people uh, as tuned in as long as we had hoped. But uh, I think everybody <laughs> had a great, great weekend out there. And uh, we're, we're one kick away. The Buckeyes football. were one kick away, Brett, from being there. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, I was actually at that game. That was uh, an unbelievable one. That uh, that fourth quarter was, was something else. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was one of those where you hated for anybody to lose a game like that. It was. It was sure. a lot of fun. And uh, congratulations on another another great year. Uh, appreciate you taking some time to uh, uh, share with us and and all, all our listeners. And and a big thanks to you know again everybody for listening to this special detour episode of Adventures in Venue Land. Remember, you can subscribe and find more episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We'd love your five-star reviews so you can help others find us. Until the next adventure, I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. Thanks for listening, everyone. Adventures in Venue Land is a side project of the Event and Arena Marketing Conference, a nonprofit organization bringing together people in the field of live entertainment to discuss marketing, publicity, and sales trends. Find out more at eventarenamarketing.com. Audio editing and mixing by Camille Faulkner. Design and digital advertising by Megan Ebeck. Copywriting and publicity by Samantha Marker. Guest booking and brand strategies by Paul Hooper. Guest research by Dave Rettelberger. Marketing strategies by Paul Hooper, Megan Ebeck, and Samantha Marker. Thanks for joining us. Until the next adventure.